Show me the proof. Honestly, I think we're on six or seven at this point. Easily. <laughs> this is getting real weird. Yeah. And welcome to the Donald Trump Podcast. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Good. Meh. Wow, a bunch of losers. Everybody took a drink at the same time, yeah. so. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about the glass, hey, boys. Uh, my name is Warren, and uh, we're going to hang out for a little bit, chat about some stuff, and uh, get into the nitty gritty of our feature presentation of what we're going to be talking about. But I'm here with a few of my friends, and I'm going to go around and see uh, what, you, uh, what you're drinking here, Brylon. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Good. I am drinking... Were you asking that to me or the audience? Everybody. Perfect. I like to ask everybody, how's it going? Oh, thoughtful. Yep. Uh, tonight, I am drinking Apothic Dark. So it's the darker, big brother of Apothic Red. And it is amazing as well. And it is purple, which I like. It's my favorite color. So. Yeah, I also like purple. It's really good. It super, really super, good. super smooth. It also is like not like overly sweet, which is nice. But you also have to be careful because it's. I think it packs a little more, more, more of a punch than the yeah. really apothic. It, it <laughs> definitely has a heartier flavor yeah. to it. And this is something like I could be just sitting at home, and if I just want to drink wine, this is a go-to drink for yeah. it. Yeah, I'll sit to that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, right across the way, I have my buddy Michael. The Shredder blew it. The Shredder. Shredder. Killing it on the show last night with his band, Maya Noose. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you. How's it going, Mike? Hey, not too bad. Um, what just, you, you uh, sipping on over there? I'm sipping on a Lagunitas can, which I have never seen before. And it's an ale, which I have... No, they have, a, they have, a, they have another ale. There's like a little something. Um, but this is the 12th of Never. It's in purple cans, the figure purple's royalty. I'm a queen, uh, and we'll go forward with that. Wait, that came out weird. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but it came, But it, I was surprised because that tastes like a regular IPA. Yeah. And it says it's also an ale, so I wanted to, like, like up to hop contest. It's, I, I like it. I like IPAs, so I'm really a, I'm pr- pretty big fan of something I've, I've never seen and just trying for the first time. Fair. And I'm here with Jesse, the man, the myth, the legend. How's it going, Jesse? Hey, it's going. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking my usual Arizona iced tea, watermelon flavor, 22-ounce can. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. And the price is on the can. It's 99 cents. Well, sometimes. Depends on where you go. Oh, but, it, but it only gets cheaper. I've never found it more because I would burn down the establishment if I saw it for like a 129 Yeah, I've I, seen like, I'm an, I would be an Arizona arsonist, if even you Even you know, some CVSs would sell it for one twenty nine dollars sometimes. Really? I've yeah. only ever seen it for 99 or 50 Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I've seen cheap cans, like $0.75. Cents. I see. It's, it's usually... Well, I usually go to CVS and it's two for a uh, dollar, which is... the. I've said it on record in this podcast before, best deal in sports. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, English. Fair enough. Speaking of sports, can I just get a quick thing of the what you've been watching? 
Uh, so the only thing that I've been watching is The Bachelor, because I got invited, besides like our feature in the last like week or so, is because I got invited to a fantasy bachelor league, where it's basically you make predictions on what will happen in the in the coming episode, and you also have like a uh, Final Four style brackets thing that you do with this thing, and I needed something to carry me, carry me after fantasy football is uh, over. Because you lost all your leagues. Oh, I was terrible. So do you actually sit and watch the full episode? Like, no. So that I, you can actually it's have like, any judgment? It's like week three, and honestly, I haven't watched a single minute. Uh, besides, like, the previews, and then, like, the post views, and then I watch the highlight package. Uh, but... There's a highlight package? Yeah, of course there's a highlight package. But that's, like, what I've been technically watching, is The Bachelor. Nice. Well... My name is Warren. I'll be your host for this evening. I am sipping on uh, Gnarly Head Authentic Authentic Black. It's pretty good. Pretty smooth. Um, I do think that Gnarly Head's... um, It's it's pretty common, right? You can probably buy it everywhere. There's a lot of different flavors. I've seen pretty much any liquor store I've been to. This is maybe the first time that I I know of that I'm drinking it. It's pretty good. I like it a lot. It's a bottle under 12. First that you remember. 12 bucks. Fair enough. Yeah, that is very true. I think I think I would remember this one, unless it was mixed or something, and you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, so uh, thanks for coming out for tonight. This is our second episode of twenty seventeen. So we're gonna be hanging out, and we actually decided to watch something that used to be pretty dear to my heart. But you'll hear our comments in a moment of the uh, Lemony Snicket's franchise, the uh, new season that came out on Netflix. I believe it was eight episodes, and it was starring Neil Patrick Harris and uh, Patrick Warburton and a bunch of other famous people mm-hmm. that was kind of cameoed into this actual show. Um, so, like we would normally kind of say as well, you know, we've gotten rid of the kind of the spoiler section. We're going to go into the entire sort of season of it for the all eight episodes. If you haven't seen it, I would say definitely kind of stop it. Uh, probably don't listen to it unless you don't really care about the show. Um, and we're going to proceed for that. But... Uh, I would say let's start off with kind of overall kind of if you want to say a couple different things of overall feelings and thought, thoughts before we move into wins. Anybody have anything burning they want to talk about? Um, I would say like I it surprised me to see Barry Sonnenfeld on this uh, show mm-hmm. that he directed everything because I wondered like what happened to you. He felt like he fell off the face of the earth for a while after Men in Black 3. And he was, like, one of my favorite directors growing up as a kid. Like, I love the Adams Family. I love Men in Black. I was that kid in high school. So um, it was really cool to see him actually doing something that, you know, he this type of material is right up his alley. He's going to, like, knock it out of the park and actually bring a very distinct visual style to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was just really excited overall because this was a story that... I would find myself watching a lot, but the only story that was out there at the time, besides the actual books, was the Jim Carrey version, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So I went into this having zero expectations, or at least some expectations of I hope it's something different and have a fresh feel and like kind of breath of fresh air sort of um, vibe to it. So uh, that's what I was really excited about, just like a story within a story and then some other stuff that actually kind of happens to it. Like I really liked the multi-level, just a super complex thing that would happen. Um, and just the overall kind of fact that, you know, you have an a awesome narrator that ex- actually is p- a part of the story, but we figure out uh, different things later on. So it's pretty cool. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Wins. Want to go to the wins? Yeah. yeah. Jesse? 
Oh, I'm gonna start with this. Sure. Um, I mean, I I definitely genuinely like the aesthetic of everything, just the way that everything was framed. They have that kind of Wes Anderson meets Tim Burton kind of like whimsical. Even like some of the like CGI effects that they had weren't trying to be realistic. They were trying to be like kind of cartoonish. Like there's a part where they're flying a plane, and it looked like over the top kind of cartoonish. And like mm-hmm. they knew what they were trying to accomplish. And I like that kind of. This isn't real, but it's kind of fantasy, kind of like Harry Potter-esque in a weird way. Like, you know it's not the real world, but it's in this, <clears throat> this universe that exists. Um, I liked some of the casting. Um, I actually was really impressed with uh, Asif Mondi as Monty. I really liked... He, he had a very like genuine like kindness about him that I was like, oh, that's pretty rad, considering I only really knew him from The Daily Show. Um... I I liked seeing Joan Cusack. I hope she... I like seeing her in things, though. And it was like, when she popped up, I was like, oh, cool, Joan Cusack, fun. Um, I really liked using uh, Patrick Warburton as the framing device. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was definitely one of the cool things. It's like, oh, he's just in the background, and he adds like, his little quips and his little narrations. And I was like, oh, that's a great way of getting like the book writing into like an actual televised, like, I'm a narrator, but I'm also providing commentary. It was just, it was fun. It was, it was, that sort of stuff was really entertaining to me as, like, a way of doing a TV show. Yeah, what was cool about Patrick Warburton was, it was kind of a different character for him. He wasn't, like, this very aloof, uh, but heart of gold type of character. He had, like, that, he still had kind of that silliness to him, but um, it was, it was definitely balanced a lot with, like, just a, a darker overtone to those similar characters that Warburton would play. And it was really neat how they used his character as a device to kind of like uh, break up the pacing of the uh, show and break the fourth wall and do some interesting, like fun little, like here's some literary education for you or here's like uh, the difference between uh, using there and there in a proper sentence and things like that. So I appreciated that part of it too. Yeah, I would say that he was probably my highlight of the- the entire series of uh, things that I just thoroughly enjoyed about it. Like, he was funny, but he also came with some other stuff. Like, some other stuff was actually happening, and then you try, you start figuring... You know, at least they show you some stuff that's happening kind of later on in some episodes, and you're like, then what exactly is going on here? And then I do raise a couple other questions of, like, then what is his, you know, connection with these characters that he's talking about it that he wrote, but did he write it? Is he actually a part of this? What's actually going on? What's well, happening? So it's uh, something very interesting of um, what uh, I like. I, I like at least the, the attempt, and I guess my big thing is I, ca- I commend the, the bravery for making it something a little bit different and making him be more of a character, an active role, whereas before we've seen this, he was just, like, the, the before of Lemmy Snakes was just a narrator. And that, that's that that's it. Um, and, so I think that was interesting. Yeah, and he had a, like a very melancholy earnestness yeah. about him throughout the whole show that really helped out. Well, so on that one, um, Warren, sorry about this, but uh, they, uh, so I never read the books, and I'd be interested to see. Me yeah, um, yeah, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> dang, too bad we couldn't get one. Yeah. Um, but so there's 13 books. Yes. And so this covered the first four. Yes. Um, so they already signed on to do. Uh, another season, which is going to be five through nine, and then uh, the last season will be the last two books. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so you kind of have to take a little bit as like a grain of salt. Like I think they were trying to do a like a Harry Potter thing. At least this is what I was reading about it. They tried to do a Harry Potter thing with the original one. And I think basically production just fell apart on the second movie, like so unbelievably quickly that it just never happened. So we actually get, we will see that character develop and you will learn some of those missing scenes that he's like, you know, he's like climbing down the staircase and like his enemies are approaching him and like you have no idea what's going on. Uh, because it's got Netflix behind it, we probably will actually see what that means. Mm -hmm. And so that character will be more developed as a whole rather than what it is in this well, this season. Now I'm kind of bummed because I actually was reading, I started studying and reading a little bit more about this, and I believe his name is Daniel Handler. I gotta double check that, that title. As an author? The actual author, yeah. yeah. The, the actual yeah. author. But he goes as a pen name. His pen name is Lemmy Snake. Yeah, yeah. But he's also a character. In the show. So I thought this yeah. was very interesting of how they were portraying that. And he's like super famous in like children's um, stories, but. The stuff that I was reading, I, I read a little bit too much, and I was super bummed because now I know the, some of the connections. And I was like, shit, shit. Yeah. Damn it, now I, like, I literally almost ruined the entire series for me. I, um, I, did, so, I did see one big spoiler. Yeah. I, I, I wish I didn't. Because yeah. they did uh, slightly well, things like out of order. Yeah, which was yeah. interesting too. Uh, yeah. you know, you know, we kind of talk about wins. Like, I, I still think that you know, even with the knowledge that I know now, and I'm not going to necessarily kind of bring it up, yeah, yeah. but I probably will watch, uh, read the entire stories, then see how they compare. Um, but even with all this stuff of the wins, I, I did think it was really interesting. Of like some non-linear storytelling was also pretty interesting. Actually, going back off of what Mike was saying with how it's a Netflix show, I actually really enjoyed the pacing. Of everything. Mm. Like, they definitely... Especially since each episode was a two-parter. Yeah. Like, they did part one and then part two, and that's like a segment, and then part two and then part three, and so on. And a lot of the other Netflix shows I've watched, like Jessica Jones, or even like a little bit of Luke Cage, or even a little bit of House of Cards, they feel like they kind of overstay their welcome. Or you feel like, ah, you could cut maybe like two or three episodes, it would have been just as good. I think I think Netflix needs to go to an 8 to 10. Right, right. I don't think they need to do uh, 10 to 13 for all these shows. Yeah, but I really think... Do you know, are you going to pull up how long the movie was? movie was like two... Yeah, I can look it up. Yeah. But. Um, because if every episode is an hour, you could do this entire 13... Stories in one season. I I I and, and I'm just gonna do a small rebuttal here because them breaking it up into those two I was just like I, I felt like they overstayed a little bit more of like really? you're flushing out some things that I I would rather learn about Lemmy Snickets and these other yeah. things other, other people and this this huge kind of undertone mystery of what's happening then you flush out a character that. But it didn't didn't seem to be quite interesting for that. Rewatching though the movie because that I did that immediately after watching the show is I felt like the movie suffered from the opposite. Like it moved too fast. It was trying to chew through too much. Yeah. In, in I I I agree with Jesse. I thought the pacing was was quite excellent in this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't find an official runtime. Oh, there it is. Uh, Hour 48 for the movie. Oh, 48? Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was really short. Early, yeah. No, but that was on par for the early 2000s. Movies have gotten longer, I so think. So roughly three episodes is the entire movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The movie was, yeah, the first three. Yeah, okay. yeah, but it, yeah, but it told one less book than what we got in the first season. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, I mean, so like, what are the ones that we guys want to talk about? 
Um, let's talk about Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. I think this is like one of the first roles where he's like the main star of the role. Usually he's like that side character that just, you know, knocks it out of the park, like in um, How I Met Your Mother or Harold and Kumar. Uh, technically, um, he carried Doogie Hauser. Oh, yeah, he did do Doogie Hauser. So, yeah. 30 years ago. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's been a while since he's like been like the in main actor. And I, it, it's also really cool to see just how dynamic he is. And I think it's a neat motif to have. You're introducing Count Olaf in the first two episodes and what his intentions are. And then all of a sudden you're like, how are they going to spin Count Olaf into this? And then it's just these weird, goofy, like random characters pop out. It's like, oh, it's Count Olaf in disguise because he's yeah. an actor and stuff. And that gives... Neil Patrick Harris some really good material to play off of, which yeah. I thought he did a great job of it. I, I do thoroughly enjoy. There was a a bit of silliness, but a bit of Jim Carrey-esque also being spun in there. But I liked when he played those other characters. Stefano character, that was Stefano funny. Stefano was hilarious. Like, that was funny. You know, and the Captain... Um, Sham. Sh- Sh- Captain Sham, sorry. <laughs> like, Captain those, Sham. Yeah, those, like, those, when he played in those characters, it felt like that cartoonish kind of mode that uh, Jesse was talking about was really hammed up. And I, I just enjoyed that kind of um, aspect of it. That, that's pretty cool. I and mean, I like what they were kind of like trying to do there. Yeah, and it was hammy, but also really dark and disturbing, too. I had no idea about Lemony Snicket when I first watched it. I just saw it when it came out in theaters. I didn't see the movie, but... Everybody was talking about, like, hey, this is the next Harry Potter and stuff. And after seeing this, like, they, it's totally different. And it's kind of a bit more disturbing with the whole, uh, I'm going to take my adopted daughter and marry her and stuff. But that plays on to those gothic undertones. See, I don't know. I, I will say this. I think I think and uh, Neil Patrick Harris's portrayal suffers from, um, oh, Venom from Spider-Man Syndrome. Uh, when they came out and you had Eric Foreman playing, what is it, Eddie Brock? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you had Eddie Brock slash Venom. <laughs> Toby and Gray- Topher Grace Topher was amazing Grace. as the, the character Eddie Brock that they wanted to portray, where he's just like, hey guys, I'm, I'm worse than Peter at taking photos. Oh, Peter! And like, I thought it was perfect for that, but then all of a sudden you got like the Venom suit and be like, Peter, our Spider-Man, I'm going to kick your butt. And it's like, Oh, no, this isn't Venom. Yeah. And that was the exact same reaction that I had for, for Neil Patrick Harris, that I thought he played Stefan. He played all the characters really, really well. Uh, and I'll contradict you that I thought that Jim Carrey did a way better job at the darker aspects. Oh, yeah. That, like, I, I really wanted to see. Um, I, I'll talk about this a little bit more during, like, the other section of this, but... Um, I just don't think that he got dark enough. And I don't think it's in his character to get dark enough. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to see that. Not enough to see the movie, to, yeah. to like yeah. see that comparison. We'll focus on wins because right, I, right. I feel like a lot of our conversation is going to trail and we, we'll talk about a little bit more things of what they could have improved during our criticism sections. But uh, I would say there there's, as a big of a win for this, uh, for me, um, there was... It was really it was a gray area for me, but I did feel as if when I'm like reading a bunch of like absurdist and satirical pieces of work in theater and stuff like that, you see a lot of these same sort of like motif and themes that people use, and uh, I think uh, Blue is probably gonna talk touch on this a little bit, but it did seem like they were making fun. Like they first of all, there was an outright joke straight to 
you know, Count Olaf looking at the camera like, oh yeah, it's better to do a Netflix show than a movie, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they did that, I think, those once an episode for the yeah. last five episodes. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I like I like that aspect of it. It was like, hey, it's not even a nudge nudge. It's kind of like a slap in the face. Like, this, yeah. is, this is how we should have made a series. You can't wrap a series, Harry Potter, for example, you know, Lord of the Rings, for example. You can't wrap up a series in one piece of work. It has to be more and more and more. I knew that that was their plan, but some people yeah. just thought that Lemmy Snickers was just that one movie and that's it. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that um, that was also pretty interesting. But I did like a lot of these kind of weird kind of character quirks and weird things that they actually had done into the fact that they even introduced a, uh, a, a way bigger mystery than I even I didn't even realize. And they introduced something and it kept going, kept showing up more and more and more. And then I think they did, uh, they didn't really do it justice in the movie, but they actually had more time to flush it out here. Um, so I thought those were also pretty cool. And then they also hit you with a little M. Night Shyamalan twist. Um, near the uh, end, so that thought was actually pretty cool. The parents twist was yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. And that's and that, that and, that, and the parents. I'll leave it at the parents twist. I know we said we were gonna spoil it, but I thought that was a really really strong moment because that hit me and I was like, oh son of a bitch. Well, yeah. it's funny because I so I looked up the I looked up IMDb for like in the first episode um, and just to see like uh, who was who like the. The, the cast, I, yeah. Yeah, I've ever seen it, and all of a sudden I saw Will Arnett and Kobe Smothers as uh, mother and father, and I was like, oh, I didn't even... I did the same thing. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, like, I, I... And it was brilliant. The whole time they were listed as mother and father, and you're... And, like, now it's like, oh yeah, duh, they would just say Mama Baudelaire, and, mm-hmm. you know, Papa Baudelaire, uh, and, and... But it's not. It's like, it's right there, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was awesome. Even the fact that some of their storylines even intersected, so like especially when they were in like the actual lake and the light reflecting off the binoculars and like burned the flag, yeah, was, like that that stuff like that. I was like, oh cool, like they're almost there, they're almost gonna get to each other. Um, and then it kind of hits you. I was like, oh, that's well, awesome. I mean, I thought that the ending too was was really interesting where they drop that bombshell on you in in part one of that that it's not their parents, and then in part two. You get the fact that they have the other kids have the other side of the scope, yeah, and that they're sitting a bench apart from each other, yeah. And so I think that that's gonna be that was like that was really brilliant storytelling and just like wrapping up one storyline that you didn't even know you were watching, yeah, and then teasing another storyline. But that's another huge win for me. Uh, they they had the like as much things that didn't work out in the middle. I think that wrapping up in the last. Like some some of the feelings in the last couple episodes, not quite the content, but some of the feelings of the last episode starting to string a lot of things more and more together to the point where now you had that last scene that it opens up an entire new universe mm. and this whole other thing that it was we we're gonna be like oh wait there's way more to this story than we even kind of thought of even for the picture that you can even see Lenny Snicket's uh, and Count Olaf are both holding the actual telescopes in their hands and. That's also going to kind of thrust you to like a bunch yeah. of different things too. So I was really kind of I really commend them for that, and um, I really like that piece of storytelling. Um, so much so that's that's another reason why I was like, okay, that I, all right. I mean, I was bummed, but that that at least was that was a great ending of um, of a season at least. Yeah, okay. yeah, I will definitely agree with you on that. Any other wins we haven't talked about yet until we move to the next? Episode? Yeah, um, you got the self-referential humor. 
I thought one step beyond, like, I thought the set design and the cinematography were amazing, and I think you touched upon that. Now, set design's a good call-out, though. Yeah, like, I, I, the sets they were building with the absurdist, like, realities, and, like, I just thought it was really cool. Like, everything was, like, all the cars were, like, shortened. It's funny, because there's a scene where they walk in, like, a ghost of their old house, and I was sitting there, I'm like, wow, their foyer is, like, as big as my apartment. And I was like, oh, shoot, that's just a set. It's not. It's clearly not somebody's house, but, like, right. it definitely gives you that vibe of, like, they have this much money that, like, just the entryway right. is just crazy. Like, I was like, oh, that's... Well, that's unless they really did shoot in, like, some of these mega mansions, but that's besides the point. Um, I thought... Uh, and then one quick shout-out. I know that uh, I feel like I rebuffed someone on Neil Patrick Harris, so one's going to rebuff me on this. I actually loved Alfred Woodward's character, Josephine, uh, the paranoid one, the, what was it, the ferocious, fierce and ferocious? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I really loved her portrayal. Um, I loved her quirks and I thought she really did a great job. Uh, it was hit or miss acting, um, for me, but I thought she really, really stood out. Um, I'm actually, I was reading through our notes and I'm going to give a shout out to, I liked K. Todd Freeman as Mr. Poe. And Warren, I see, I see you rolling your eyes at me. But we'll like, get to him. I, I liked that bumble... Like, he did that same naive, bumbling, stupid character. And I only wrote that note down because I watched the movie afterwards, and I got to look up who the actor was. But the person who did Mr. Poe, who's that same stupid character... Peter Parker. It, it was it? Yeah. Uh, didn't nail it as well. Like, that naivete and the innocence of that character, I liked seeing it with... with uh, the TV show version. So going back out, I I specifically, and this is like my small, small but I'm not gonna, I don't want to go into a huge tangent. Well, this might be a good switch into the okay. criticism. As well. Okay, cool. So yeah, I got yeah. a couple of ones. Yo, oh, oh, yeah, so wait, wait, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, start with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, I thought they did a really good job with uh, some of the characters for sense of humor, and I thought the scenes were staged really well for that. Like I love the scene with. Uh, Sonny and the Hookman hand playing poker and just oh, yeah. her just yeah. using her battle of wits against them. Sonny was a win. That was, in total. To me, Sonny was a big win. That was a funny scene. Yeah. And I just like how they use her character as like a really good comic relief, but also kind of a smart comic relief in, in the way just like um, the adults are talking about like a scenario that's probably not best for the kids. And she's like, are we seriously doing this? And just being that very deadpan type of humor that she delivered to it. Obviously, I know it wasn't the actual baby doing that. And I thought the theme song was actually, even though very simple, but also very catchy. I liked that it changed every couple episodes, too. Yeah, and it it reminded me of, like, a Saturday morning cartoon theme song, like, for a show like Erie, Indiana. Just, like, it sets the theme and the tone really well. Then there's, like, in this episode... We're going to do this. All right. Cool. So I agree. I thought it was super catchy. I've been singing it for the last couple days since I marathoned this thing. And I thought it was really cool that they changed it up. That being said, I hated the fact that it was Neil Patrick Harris that sang it. Me too. Because I think that it's very weird to have the main villain sing the upbeat song. It's just there's there's some cosmic dissonance with that. But that's... Prob- that's probably on, on purpose, though. But no, I thought it be- wasn't an upbeat song. I thought it was... Uh, yeah, it's it's I mean, not like supposed to be... Song no, like, but the, it's... Probably it's, the feeling of the... Oh, sorry, you, I, I feel like if you... You watch you watch uh, the, like Unsolved Mysteries in the theme... Or the X-Files. You yeah. watch that. That's creepy. I thought that this was designed to be catchy. And I don't... 
for me at least, and this is personal opinion, I don't think that catchy um, and creepy go together. Um, I did not notice the music at all. Well, on that note, what's the deal with random musical numbers? There was one in the first episode, and I was like, okay, cool, they're going to do a musical number every episode. And then they stopped doing it, and then they did another musical number, and I was like, "Is it? Are they going with the musical well, numbers? Or are they yeah, not?" Yeah, it was like, like two, right? It was in the first episode, which made sense because they were introducing yeah, the actors. Yes. The the one to end the season was honestly one of my criticisms. Uh, sorry, I know we're doing that. I, I I so Neil Patrick Harris was on was one of the producers, and he was. Um, Obviously, he has a huge affinity for, like, the theater. And, like... They said Broadway musicals yeah. before. I, I just think that he he got a hold of this and was just like, no, we're putting a, another musical moment in it, and we're getting the whole cast to sing it like you would in a musical, and it just was... Ugh, what a terrible way to end that season. It was a cover, too, wasn't it? No. 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 All original. So, I mean, moving into criticisms. Well, I guess did, hang on, Ryland's got. Yeah. Well, we're, we're tugging at that criticism right now. <laughs> we're, oh, Ryland is no. helping us stay away from the leeches of the criticisms. No, <laughs> my, my, my final word was the theme song. I, I okay. thought it was. It, it had that line of catchy and creepy, and I think it's more like here's something sp- spooky and scary, but let's bring the kids in to watch this. Because we want to entertain them, but like also. It's that it's like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, it's gonna have a spooky tones to it, but kids are gonna want to watch it because yeah. of it's a fun way of, of portraying it as well. Fair enough. So, uh, <laughs> are are we able to move into criticisms? Unless yes. anybody else, because I mean, we can go back and forth. This not has to be a structure. But yeah. I guess the, the my, my biggest criticism. And, biggest. You're gonna start with your biggest. Well, uh, it's it's. Truly is the entire show, and <laughs> not no, no, my criticism not with the entire show, but it's evident to say that I'm. It's difficult to see exactly what message they were trying to send. Yes, I was going to start with that too. Correct, and that's why I wanted to start with this because musical number or not, you know, you you talked about you know tone or not. Are you going to be dark or not? Is it a comedy? Yep. Is it a tragedy? Yep. Are, are you trying to be satirical or not? It's so all over the place. That's why I landed with an absurdist theater piece because absurdist theater has all these things and like on the undertones of that, that there is no God, therefore there's no rules. If there's no rules, anything can actually wow. happen. Damn. So that just wow, got really crazy. Deep. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. The reason why I say that is because everything was all over the fucking place. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm like, wait, are you... Is everybody just dumb that they're not realizing what's happening? Because, or is it because it's from the children's perspective? No, it's that universe that they're in. So, but here's the thing: is it is not as it's not very clear. And when it was introduced, it's obvious to know that why is Poe's family? This is for example: why are they so mean and nasty to them, to the Baudelaire children? That has that entire scene was atrocious. And the fact that that was in the first episode, I was like, oh gosh. This is gonna be very difficult for me to get through. Well, even even Poe's wife, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, like I understand being a being a news reporter and stuff like that. I definitely see you trying to get the best stories possible. But for the sign that says, "Oh, like we're um, what's the line? They, what's the line she forces him to say? Of um, we miss our family we, we very miss much. Our, or we miss our family very much, and that's on the headline. 
And as they're sitting down on the table to talk to, to eat dinner, be like, oh, you made the front paper. Oh, don't don't show that. No, no, but you made the front paper. You should check it out. Oh, let me see. Big fire. Family. Uh, two orphans lose their entire family. In a I actually, hang on. I know immediately. This is we started talking about criticism. I did like the uh, visual cohesion on that one. Uh, I forgot to mention this. There was a lot of things that they referenced back and forth again, and that the newspapers was one of them, mm. where they kept on popping up with the newspaper reinforcing something you'd just seen, or something that was, a, speaking of non-linear storytelling, you'd see the newspaper article be like, what is that? And then you'd see it develop over the next scene. So I, di- I, I actually honestly did like the newspaper aspect of it. You were right, though, that they just, like, there wasn't a lot of, I don't know, the best way I can picture this, this uh, series is... It was a British humor written by an American, hmm. and it and it's just like it's like it's like close. I would challenge that a little bit. I, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not no, disagreeing, but yeah, I would yeah. say it's um, a lightly scripted like performance art piece or something like that. Meaning that there's a script up there, but they probably want to guilt people that guilt off book as much as possible to see if it's kind of interesting. And that's some of these choices of, what the, what, yeah. what are you doing? And it's like the thematic elements just don't find cohesion with each other. Well, yeah, that's, so, that's, 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 a, I that's, that's, like my, that's, that's my biggest criticism. Like, it's very difficult. It was just going all up and down. It was very difficult to figure out exactly what's, um, like what choices that people, actors, directors, producers, um, all these p- things were were making, and if it was intentional or not. Well, yeah, and I think that's. Um, I mean, it, it's a valid point, and I think that what you're trying to say is um, that I think part of it is they kind of were going for that, but I think also it leads into uh, one thing that bothered me a lot, which was uh, the. Uh, if, even though this is a kid's story, you want the kids to be the centerpiece and be the empowered ones, that the adults across the board were very moronic. Yeah. And I wanted an adult that, like, hey, could actually be a, a good adult. Yeah. Jack these kids. Yeah. Um, no, 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 it's the parents. The parents are the only sane ones. Well, so. yeah, the no, parents are the, only sane, are the well, ones that show that they're sane. But, Montgomery Montgomery um, was kind of sane. Montgomery, no, Montgomery got the closest to well, it. He, he was the closest of... Oh, yeah, clearly I know that's Count Olaf. Well, that I, something, he's something like, like that, yeah. I'm not a parent, and I don't really know parenting things, but let me show kids this. I, but, like, Poe is, like, one of those very, uh, he was very inconsistent for me. At times, I did like his kind of aloofness. Um, but, I mean, it's a good call. Like, I don't care about they go call. from They go from cruelty to oh, really? his yeah. random coughing. It's it's let's take a few minutes to talk about that for a second, then we'll get back to you because yeah. the the cough took me out of so many scenes because either I was seeing are you coughing because of the smoke? Or are you just coughing because of the smell from something? Well, he's or, got like he's got something. Like if you looked at it and it was like blood, I was, and then he put it away. But I just don't care. Yeah, like he's not an interesting enough character for me to be like, oh, I wonder what's wrong with him. You know? Yeah. Well, because he's they, like the most common element of the kid's life. So I wanted something a little bit more out of yeah. that character. That, and I was ex- yeah. I was expecting the coughing to be like a tell, like whatever he lied to him or something like that. Hmm. But it never really had yeah. like a pattern. What's the per? And that's my thing. Of like, yeah. exactly, is this a character choice you're making? Because 
you as the character or the actor, you're just you're coughing, yeah. right? And but you as a director can tell me or something in the script to say you should cough here and here and here and here, or is it just random? Yeah, and my last thing about the adults I would say is if you get Reese Darby to play a character for you, let the dude go ham. Who's Reese Darby? I'm sorry. Reese Darby was uh Mr.'s, like, assistant. Mr. Sir's. Mr. Sir's assistant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Australian bloke. Yeah, if you have Reese Darby, let him just eat up as much scenery as possible because that dude is amazing. He didn't do it. And he was either. very, like, forgettable. Yeah. I thought he was good in the scenes he was in, though. Yeah, he had a very But he was, he was limited, artist. but I think he was good in the scenes he was in. Um, I would say one um, the one thing about... Uh, like, another criticism I had about Pope, besides that, I think that was the wrong casting. Him... That, that was awful casting. See, I don't think it was awful casting. Um, I think that's just how the character was. But I don't think that... So even if we talk about back in the movie, the character was drastically different. So even going back and reading because through the character stuff that you read from what he should be, it, a lot of these... I just felt like it was just a wrong one. The takeaway I got was that the adults are children and the children are the adults. I get that. But it also doesn't make any sense why he's saying, oh, yeah, that means this, right? Yeah, I know what that means that's a shtick that need to stop really quickly of defining a word that he clearly knows what that word means. Like, but that was, uh, that was the British sense of humor. Again, yeah. that goes back to the whole, like a uh, British comedy written by an American where they like do stuff like that. Like that was in the lobster where they'd say like, Oh, and then Jane looked down, Jane looked down, you know, like they do that all the time. But that's, uh, that's drastically different. And I'm glad, you but it's no, that. but it's, it's the same, it's the same concept where they're taking like this, slightly absurdist joke of like repeating themselves in certain ways and then and then carrying it through the whole piece and i thought it worked sometimes it was just 50 percent. like sometimes it's like i know what this word means i know this rule of grammar or in other times it's like oh that's kind of funny that they like you know it worked that time closest living relative like, yeah, it was, was like the closest person living to them. Like, well, ah, I mean, th- so that's like, I have no issues with that. I'm talking about in particular when he keeps defining words for Klaus and that just kept happening. I, I, I guess my biggest takeaway, my biggest criticism of the entire show is that was a terrible actor. Actually, for, but um, they did do something Klaus. interesting with that where um, they had him define a word for Klaus and him go, I know, I know. And then uh, I think they had a couple people. I think Olaf defined something for him at one well, point. Well, Lemony Snicket does it a lot in his voice narration, right. too. But uh, they, they, interestingly enough, they had uh, Justice Strauss do it. And um, she's like, oh, do you know what this means? And they go, yes. And she's like, good, let's continue on. And I think that really was an interesting point on how the children don't trust any other character except for her. And she's the only one that treated them like an adult yeah, in but, some manner. But then she like she also fell into the same trope as everybody else. Right. So. No, oh, yeah. But I thought it was an interesting choice where she was the only one that that didn't define the words for them. <laughs> and that she was the one that they, in the end, were probably should have been more trusting to. So I'll hush up about Poe for right now. And we can yeah. move on to what other criticisms you guys have. Um, Mike? Yeah. So a couple things. Um... We already talked about Neil Patrick Harris. I just really just didn't think he was scary. He could have been I could go terrifying. into Neil Patrick Harris a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I thought... I, and again, the humor kind of fell flat. Oh, where am I? Um, I actually didn't like most of the Lemony part. I thought that they... 
it felt like a trailer. It felt like a continuous hour-long trailer. Um, and what parts in particular? Like so, his interjection scenes. Mm-hmm. I thought they could have been like the Twilight Zone, where he comes into the beginning, kind of tells you a little bit, lets the episode play out, and then at the end of the episode starts his voiceover again. And that being said, I really did like the visual and auditory things, like um, where he would be in the very background, and then they would do uh, a not what's what's a, a focus a focus shift. Mm-hmm. So he'd be blurred in the background, and then they would do something in the foreground, shift focus to him, and he p- provide a voiceover. I thought that was really cool. I just think that there was a lot of times when he was in the scene or providing voiceover that really didn't need to happen. One problem that I did have with it, too, is they never were really clear of, is he actually there or is he not? Because there's parts where he's, well, there's parts where it's like, okay, he's in, like, an apartment complex and he's narrating to, like, the audience. And somebody's coming and he clearly has to leave and he climbs out the window. But then there's that scene where they're in the diner and he, like, crawls under the table while they're talking. And I'm like, okay, so... He's clearly now not there because they would see him. They would acknowledge his I th- presence. I think it's one of those things that it's multiple timelines that you are seeing him in the, the the apartment in the present day, and then he's retelling the the story of like their path. And so that that's another criticism that I have is that the entire time, including the theme song, it says "Look away, look away," like this is the most terrible thing. But because they didn't go full to the wall, terrifyingly scary, I'm not feeling that. Like, no. like this guy's, you know, uh, Lemony's just like, hey, don't watch this. This is horrible. But it's not. I think it's supposed well, to be played for tongue in cheek. Yeah, type it's, of thing, it's, I don't it's think like, it's supposed to be like it's horrific. horrific. But it didn't, I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't, it, like, you can't tell me so many times that this is the worst thing in the world. This is the worst thing in the world. This but, is, I'm going to interrupt the scene and this but is the here's worst the thing, thing in the world. I think it's we, like trying to do the reverse psychology thing. Yeah, like yeah. but here's the thing. We, like just, but we even just talked about before one of our wins that it did get you with the, the twist. Of he was telling you and he's he had been telling us the entire time that this is not a happy story, this is gonna be a sad story. And right. at one point I was like, oh, this is hopeful. And he's like, no, I told you that this is a sad story for the entire time. Like what? And that's, what do you mean? And that's I guess one thing I guess we should reserve judgment for, or at least I should, because I'm the the one who's bringing this up as a criticism. Um, and I think the limited snicket seems. I mean. It, if done well, I mean, it, they could lead to a really cool payoff right. as well. Right. I think it's in the payoff, because if it really is a tragic story, and they, again, we, none of us, I guess, have read the book, so we don't know how this one ends, <laughs> but if they, like, if they kill the kids, uh, you know, and then he's on the run trying to, like, investigate that stuff, um, then it could be really cool. I, I don't know. I just, I didn't like getting beat her over the head with it. Because uh, yeah. I think like this is, where, big, I, this is where I made some spoilers and I was really upset with myself. That's that's like, fair. Because this is where the uh, like the biggest tragedy we've seen so far is the people we thought were the parents are not the parents. So well, we're like the parents fair, are the, actually dead. We're not sure what the biggest tragedy. Well, is. I'm saying from this season. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 I guess we don't know really if the parents are actually dead. Because well, there was multiple people and there was one couple, which I swear to God, one of them was. Uh, was Adam Scott, and I'm really hoping that he appears in this, because I love that dude. Uh, Adam Scott or Paul Rudd? But it was Paul one Rudd. of those just beautiful, beautiful late 40s gentlemen. Um, this is Paul Rudd's weird. in his late 40s? Paul Rudd is, yeah. He's like really? early 50s. No, early he's, because uh, there was the talk that he's going to be 50 if they do a third Ant-Man. Oh, 
He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> so, 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 um, and then, uh, I th- yeah, we already touched this, uh, on this. The sing-along at the end of the season was totally just a, I'm Neil Patrick Harris. I've been in the Tonys. Uh, we need to do we need to do a sing-along. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just it, it just didn't fit the mood. It was just it jumped around mood to mood to mood. Uh, Jesse? Um, so immediately after watching, well, let's start with this. When I was watching the show, I fell asleep a couple times. Oh yeah, me too. And I, I wasn't even like, oh, it's been a long day. I'm tired. It was like, okay, cool. It's one in the afternoon. I just got my eight hours of sleep. Let's put on this show. I'm now I'm going to do a podcast on it. Fell asleep within like 20 minutes. And that's got to say something about it. Like I never felt, I never fall asleep watching TV. And I probably rewatched at least three episodes over again because I fell asleep. I was that bored. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny because I never really at any moment was like, oh, I'm bored. It was just like, nope, I'm, I'm losing interest. I'm going to close my eyes and listen to it auditory. And now I'm dead to the world. Yeah. I mean, that's that. And that's definitely tough to say because if I didn't have, if, and we talked about this before, me and Jesse, I... I don't say memorized, but I've seen that Lindy Snickers movie so many times. I know exactly every beat and what's going to come next. So going into the show, I was trying to necessarily reserve judgment as much as possible, but I know the next characters you're going to introduce. So I was a little bit more invested of, oh, I want to see how this plays out. Oh, I want to see how this was because, you know, it, it, I know Jesse's going to get to the movie versus the, the, uh, the show. I'm not going <laughs> to steal your thunder, but that truly made me want to keep going. But I think it was like episode two or three. I was like, oh my gosh, I can barely get through the show. And I really contemplated on texting everybody, yeah. like, can we change our choice? Because I don't know if I want to finish this. But, I mean, I am glad I finished it. I'm really glad I kind of stuck through it. But that's, I literally committed, like, one of the worst things that I even talk about to everybody of not doing. Because if you have to really push through a show after four episodes, that you should throw that show away and, like, put it on to the next. See, but I, wanted, I, I never felt like I was pushing through it. I felt like it was just, like... Oh, I'm watching this, and then it's like, well, I don't remember anything. It was not memorable. I got to start over again. And that's, keep going. that's pushing like, through if you keep doing it multiple times. The same thing. I never, yeah. I didn't regret watching it. I wouldn't say. That. Oh, I'm not saying I regret it. I was just saying it was very difficult to watch because there was parts that I'm just like, eh. the pacing was kind of weird. Like yeah. there was a lot of the entire lumber was... mill. That that yeah, lumber, lumber mill thing mill. was way too difficult for me to get through and that really? was really yeah. I, I like I like that the best out of all of them really yeah. well because they just kept it It felt like they had a particular mark and then they went back and then retried to retread some things and it didn't make any sense of like the well the it world. felt like it had the most actual payoff because you actually found out something in those two episodes see I also felt like that one they were like really hold my hand it was like okay there's a secret word Okay, now they're telling me that there's a secret word. And then it's like, okay, now they're mentioning that there is yeah. a trigger word for the secret word. I'm like, I figured this, like, I, a six-year-old could have figured this out 20 yeah. minutes ago. Like, you don't need yeah. to reiterate it. Yeah. And I got a little annoyed with that stuff in particular. But, and that's why I didn't like those last it was, two It was definitely, like, it, it had the unfortunate aspect <laughs> of keeping my, I know, uh, keeping my, like, attention for, it, it did, it just kept my attention. The minimal about It was just like... It was like, yeah, I want to see what happens next. What? And then, like, I'd veg for 45 minutes and be like, 
Yeah, I want to see how this ends. Let's go. Well, because yeah. once you get past, so once you got past the movie, quote unquote, right? Because there's stuff in the movie that's introduced that's not quite introduced yet in the show. So once you got past the, the, the that one stopping point, I guess with um, uh, the aunt, like once you got past there. Then it's I, I was interested in because then that, that stuff is all kind of new and I was yeah. like oh let's see where this goes and the lumber mill and the gum and that's another satirical piece that I was talking about of did you guys really mean to talk about government this way but not really so like that was another thing that I was like well what exactly are you talking about oh all right I'm not entirely sure uh, but that was just another another piece of it but what's your uh, what is your comparisons so what I was gonna go with is so years ago when I, I used to work in a video store and the Lemony Snicket movie came out I remember walk, taking it home watching it on VHS and hating it like hating it I thought Jim Carrey was over the top I thought the pacing was all screwed up I had never read the books I thought it was just stupid and I finished it though I watched this show and I was like okay now that I'm done this let's rewatch the movie and I really enjoyed the movie now mm-hmm. because I saw after watching the show what they were trying to accomplish they just didn't have enough time to do it or they rushed through it and man does Jim Carrey kick the living daylights out of Neil Patrick Harris in mm. terms of acting like to yeah. the point where I was like oh wow Jim Carrey can really act like yeah. it, and it's funny because the, the best way I can describe it is Neil Patrick Harris has to when a bunch of people come to the house and he's trying to usher them out the door and Neil Patrick Harris just puts his hands on his shoulders and like, okay, you, you have to go, you have to go, you have to leave out the door, and like, you have to leave, and, he, and then they walk out. Jim Carrey, however, does this like, arm over the shoulder, like, starts negotiating them, gets them to the door, pirouettes the actor, and then shoves him out the main door with like, flair, <laughs> and it's very obvious that the person he's working with is not ready that this is about to happen to him. It's just Jim Carrey going ham. And you can even see in several of the scenes that like, the look on the kids' faces and, like, the look on the adults, the, the director just literally says, okay, Jim, just go. Yeah. And he's just having fun. And he's improvising things. And it made me go, like, wow, I wonder if if Neil Patrick Harris was given that same, like, go. Like, that same, like, just, just do what you want to do. Because you can really, like, that was why I hated the movie in the first place, was Jim Carrey's way over the top. But then after seeing Neil Patrick Harris do the character one way, and then being seeing Jim Carrey just Jim Carrey it to eleven, it's like, oh wow, he's really good when he's trying to do what he's yeah. what he's trying to accomplish. I felt Jim Carrey brought a very dark element to it, and like one key example, we can talk about these two different kind of pieces of work of Neil Patrick Harris comes comes in at Stefano, and he brandishes a knife. And he's kind of running around, but it's completely like yeah. it's it's kind of your the uh, the audience vantage point is kind of taking a step back, and you just see that he has a knife, and he does almost it's almost the same thing of kind of stabs it in, but it's very it's very low, and the the I guess the danger level, the threat level is not quite there. Whereas in this uh, uh, in Jim Carrey's version, or in the actual movie version. He, oh, he answers his door at Stefano, and the kids automatically was like, no, you're Count Olaf. He's like, oh, I don't know what you mean. I'm talking about. He's like, no, we're going to get out of here. 
And he puts his foot in the door and they look up and he stabs a knife on the side of the door and goes, it would be a shame if you kids, and I don't know the exact line, but it'd be a shame if you kids kind of like get hurt or something. Then Montgomery, Montgomery comes. He's like, and this is why you shouldn't play with knives. And he like just automatically kind of goes back <laughs> and that's, he already knows that he's his assistant. And it's just like those two scenes like already were there. It was like, there's, man, there's, I, um, oh, come on. Uh, a scene where he threatens Violet, like... It's it's their two faces looking at each other, and the camera's like zoomed in so that he's on one half and she's on the other. It's like maybe two thirds of the way through, and he's like threatening Violet, like I am going to fucking slice your throat, like that kind of thing. And the camera like zooms in. I'm like, holy cow! Like Jim's like really threatening this like 14 year old girl yeah. pretty hard right now. Never had that moving in the yeah. entire yeah. TV show. I, I yeah. would say like definitely. Uh, Watch the movie, um, especially if you haven't seen the movie. I think well, now yeah. you're probably gonna the, think the only problem with the movie, and this is I I I didn't rewatch it after I watched the series. Is the movie leaves you with an empty feeling, right? Because it yeah, leaves right. you on a cliffhanger that yeah. never gets resolved. Well, I would still say watch the movie because it that's the only thing you if, actually have. If only to see the difference in how, like even the the Klaus, the the boy, the kid who plays Klaus in the movie approaches it way better than the kid in the TV show. Like, he mm-hmm. treats it as, like, sort of like a whiny, intellectual, like, kind of a spoiled brat kind of thing. Well, Whereas the kid in the TV show is just cardboard. Uh, but like, the, 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 but that's, the, that's the thing to say about that is, and we, we, we talked, I think we mentioned it already, was all the actress, uh, the child actors in the movie were was much older. Then right. they, they 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 were much older. Not by much uh, though. I thought. Ooh, I, I gotta. I'll have to look that up. But the girl at the time, because uh, she was already in like other movies. I think she was like. She's probably sixteen, seventeen. No, she's. Oh yeah, she's, 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 she's my age. She, I looked it up. She was fifteen. Was at she? the time. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess. Well, I just like those characters uh, more. To be fair, Emily me. Browning turned to tip. Emily Browning, who's an established actress, like obviously she has chops, you know. Yeah. So who the hell knows what? Uh, well, even the kid Klaus was, uh, uh, he was in a couple other things too. I can't remember. His I name. looked him up. His name's Liam Aiken. I, I don't. From yeah, the, from the, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia yeah, article. No, I can't really. He's yeah, he's yeah, been. He's I think he's been in like a couple. Of, I thought he was in a couple of things. Really. But still, um, one of those people was Emily Browning, who turned herself into like a pretty good actress yeah. in her own right. I mean, both had good cat. Well, both had. Um, high profile casts it's just that one worked for me the other one I'm not sure and the TV show I'm not sure because they're making more of it yeah. and sometimes it could be better it and could pay off I would it say, could be pay off I would say in the Netflix series I mean if there's a weak element to the kids it would have been Klaus yeah. because I felt like I don't know that the kid had like pretty much two levels of Klaus where he'd just be the quiet bookish type and then all of a sudden, like, if a, if an adult says something he doesn't like, he's just like, well, you're a dick. And that's, like, his uh, attitude towards everything. He'd just be, like, very just sour towards yeah. any type of person trying to tell him any rules. Yeah, I, I liked I liked Violet. I thought... Violet the, was okay. I liked the cool motif of her, like, having to, like, pull up her hair. I think they could have like, overdone that, though. And, and they should have. They should have like. They should have like visually. Season, yeah, but they should have visually episode. done something or had like the music swell or something to make it like she kind of just like. Well, you're you're asking what they. Well, did they always do like I always because yeah. they literally the, did that. Yeah, beat, and they always movie. move the camera to center on her while right, she does. Right, right. So, I I thought she was she well, was good. Was really cool. I wanted to see that more. I thought it was super cool. That oh, what's this? A grappling hook. What? How'd she get 
that? And when he was talking over the yeah. phone, like, I thought that was funny. And then we see that other joke pay off of um, the mother character. It was like, oh, what did you get? <laughs> she gets a grappling gun. I was like, okay, that's that. That's fun. I like that. that was, Speaking that was of things you want, I want to see more of, uh, I think there could have been more moments with, I guess, uh, Jacqueline, but also just the whole uh, underlying story of what is this secret society? Mm-hmm. At least give me a name to the society for this season. Eh, they got so I have something to look forward to. They gave you a name. Did they? Yeah. Um, they they did say it. they did say the name. Is it? Um, was it VFD? Yeah, they they had they had they they showed you something of it. I don't remember it. I know it was like one of the later episodes, but they did talk about a name um, for the actual society. I don't know if it was in the actual movie that they kind of glossed over it. Because to be fair, no, I haven't I, seen the movie. No, 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 the movie in like when they were with Montgomery, Montgomery. Oh, the, oh, the, the movie. movie that they were. Yeah, I, don't, I think it was also in that because all those actors when he was looking at the that series. we saw were. Part of that society. Exactly. Oh, which speaking of, that was a super dark moment when that guy just straight up died. That was weird. Just uh, Yeah, he got get the arrow to, yeah, to his neck. Yeah, fell into the lake. Yeah, but it was or, or Aunt Josephine getting eaten by the the lamp trees. The leeches. The leeches. Yeah. Well, that was. I thought that was pretty similar to what they did in the movie, yeah. though. Well, the thing about the, like the thing about that is I, kind of, I, I saw I saw one of them coming, and the other was like, "Oh, he's just dead." Oh. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Like damn. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I I I like the whole the mystery part of uh, Jacqueline's character, and I, I'm excited to see where she goes like with that going forward. I'm actually all right with this season being more of an intro to Count Olaf and the kids and like planting the seed, which is something I thought that they. I just there shouldn't have been that ending the, the ending musical number. It should have ended with. Um, there was honestly, there was a line where I think he said like literally like like click or something like some onomatopoeia word. That's when it should have ended. And then they they switched over and did the because uh, it was him escaping his apartment where he's giving that monologue about how like his enemies are approaching and he's got to like do something. Um, I just they did a great job of setting up the next season and finding out what that mystery is. <laughs> yeah. The uh, author was in the in the movie yeah. uh, in the show. Yeah, we said that earlier. I didn't know that. You you specifically said that earlier. No 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 no. So my what I was saying is Daniel Handler yeah. went under a pen name as Lemony Snicket's. But you also said that. But but he but Lemony Snicket's, uh, portrayed by Patrick Warburton, was in the actual show itself. That's exactly what he said. Oh uh, yeah. All, all no, oh, yeah. No. Oh because so, I mentioned that in the scene he was the fish guy. Yeah that, that yeah. I, I think I missed that one. Oh know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess we're, we're kind of talking about wrapping up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, I would say like well, as we finish and before we get into grades and kind of close off the actual show of like what like what would you because we know they're coming back for a second season. They yeah. got I think signed officially for one more, but they're doing three. They're, they're doing three signed up total. Yeah, yeah it's, they're gonna do five through nine and then ten and eleven. Uh, ten, 10, 11, 13, 13, 12, 13, Yeah. Oh man. So. Oh, I don't know about that. Now I'm kind of... I really hope... Wow, you didn't like it that much? Well, here's the thing. I I don't think you need that much time for it. Unless they're going to re- really need to... Like, it's only 16 episodes. I think two episodes per book yeah. is pretty valid. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. 
I think an entire series. From everything that we're talking about right now, but everything that we're talking about right now, we're already confused just from one season. So that they, what are they going to? I'm not like too confused. Well, at least I wouldn't say confused, but it, at least for me, and I was often as talk for myself, and that's why if you're telling me that a lot more content is coming, I really hope a lot of changes are also coming too. I know we're going to see a lot. Well, we don't. We don't really know. Because this got an eight point four on IMDb, and that's a pretty good shelf right now. So they keep can they can keep doing whatever they actually are doing with random musical numbers and really under like all over the place sort of tones. So I don't know, but I'll I'll be really interested to see of like what's happening to it. I don't know if I'm gonna finish the second season. If this is if I'm getting what we got from the first season. I can see that, but so, I think this this show gave me enough to stay interested, and I think. The final scene where you see the kids talking, then it turns the bench and you see the other set of kids. And that whole schoolroom, that whole like boarding school scenario is going to be totally different than what they've been in so far. So I think they've set up a lot of interesting elements to the story that I'll definitely give the second season of. I also thought, side note, uh, also thought it was interesting that the part of the telescope shattered, like if it was burned to ash in the beginning. Yeah. Well, uh, but that's the setup that uh, it part of it did get destroyed, but the other kids have the other half, the half that burned across. Yeah. So they have to they have to meet with those other kids to like form a complete telescope. I know that. Yeah, I I, I definitely get that. Yeah, but but I then think, it doesn't make any sense. What so then? Why Monty has a full telescope. Because it's part of the society. Yeah, because it's yeah. part of society. They all have them in the photo. Jacqueline has a full telescope. Mm. So, so like they now, might have two halves. Well, I think the implication is that uh, like Kids it was their, it was their parents yeah, it was their parents' telescopes. Uh, okay, so the And they're yeah. like, they're not quite their parents, I think. Yeah. And so they have to work together to become it's like that's like Little Rascals when they try and apply for a bank loan, <laughs> and so they stack each other on top of it. Go on. And then, uh, who, who was the who was the actor? Was it was it Mel Brooks? He just no. takes it. He just goes, "You my sons, I ground you," and he snaps their like rubber beards on each other. Was that Mel Brooks? I think it was Mel Brooks. And Little Rascals. <sighs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. Um, I'll, oh yeah, I'll well, go. Well, I'll well, go great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, as I said before, is. And I think I'm echoing Brownlin's thoughts on this, that, like, it was just interesting enough to keep you watching and to make me, not excited, but just, like, I want to, like, spite-watch the second season. Just to see <laughs> if I can, like, find out something. It's just like, hmm, you're going to tell me something. You know, like, something that I can actually, like, hang my hat on and be like, that's yeah. a real fact. It's kind of like, dare, I dare you to blow me away. Right. Well, not even blow my. I just want to know. I just want to know the ending. I just I like it's yeah. it's it's a good enough mystery where I want to know the ending. It besides the visual aspects of it, it really fell flat for me. I I'd probably have to say it's like a C plus, maybe maybe an eighty on a good day. So technically B minus, like in that range. I'll go C plus. No C plus. Jesse, I was gonna give it a C plus as well. Um, I'm definitely going to stick with it because I like it for the aesthetic value and for the way that they're doing the storytelling. Plus it's short. Which, which, yeah, plus it's short. It's only like eight episodes. Like, if it was like, if if somebody told me that this show was five or six seasons long, I would have given up three episodes in. 
But knowing that it's only three seasons, that's 24 episodes total. That like, we know of, though, now. No, they, that's what they're... Well, that's but a, it's that's the a, whole plan of yeah. it. It says, let's tell the novels, and yeah. that's it. and that's it. And so then I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. I can do that. Like, I would watch it purely just because I want it, like what Blue just said, I just want to see what happens. I just want to see where it goes. And I did, I liked looking at it, and I did like, you know, the way that the narrator did things, and, and from a writer's perspective, I kind of like that sort of fun stuff, just to see how it's handled. Brian? Uh, I'm going to give it a B. Um, I found it uh, to be, um, I mean, it had very enjoyable elements to it, and even though the, the strive for absurdist humor was very incoherent a lot of times and there's a there's a certain level of absurdist I'll appreciate in this kind of like goes past that. I I think Neil Patrick Harris is fantastic in his role and I think the kids are doing a great job so good acting will keep me there even if the story's a little wishy-washy. And I I mean there's enough mystery elements to keep me one interested and invested in it. So I'll definitely give it a second season to watch. Yeah. I would say, like, I'm not really big on... I, I, I hate talking about things negative without giving some positive stuff to it. I'm talking about what they can change and, like, how to make it actually better. But I would say, overall, like, I did like the fact that it did introduce me to a, a bit of a new kind of the mysterious thing that we all were saying of kind of the biggest wins for that. And that's typically why you're you're going to keep with watching it because of the actual mystery. So I see that. Um, lots of things fell flat. I did not like this show at all. Um, or I didn't like it as much as I would wanted to, and I really wanted to like this. I definitely didn't hate it, so I, I, I have to grade it above a B. Um, but my grade is going to be a C, just for the sake that there's just, just bad casting or bad character choices that actually happen, which can be changed, can be fixed. Now, something has to happen drastically, whether it's either recasting or some sort of change, um, in exactly like what they want to do for the second season but i'll be interested i may only make it through like maybe the first episode of the second season if they don't if they don't change stuff i'm gonna say i'm done um which i'm not i know they're not gonna be upset about they'll be fine uh but it's it's gonna be really tough because even with that allure of the mystery i'll be i'm good and there's a lot of stuff we didn't even talk about the little light and the fires and stuff like that so um i think that'd be kind of interesting to see yeah so I would say my is a C, but Brylan, I would I really want you to watch the movie and then right. come come back to yeah. it right now. I mean, you'll definitely have some uh, interesting comparisons to yeah. make, and so yeah. There's literally shot for it. shot scenes that are almost the mm. same. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it is it's basically shot for they shot. They do more with the telescopes in the movie, right? Yeah. Because Olaf has the. The yeah, big one. They reveal a lot right. more about like what burned down the house and all that. Right. Like, which yeah. is clearly coming to know. The Secret Society is interesting. Like, I mean... But there was yeah. no side characters in the movie like the Secret Society that like Jacqueline and Gustavo. Yeah, yeah so. like, uh, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I guess... I mean, if you look at it, like, uh, Count Olaf was part of the Secret Society at one time and then something happened to make him break away. And I thought it was really cool like they ended up on... That old school picture of Liberty and Count Olaf yeah. hanging out like buddies at the school. Yeah. That was that was the unfortunate part that it ended as well as it did. Because yeah. it, it that's what pushed it over the edge that I'm like, nah, I'm excited for the second season. Yeah. Just yeah. to find out some stuff. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. 
Uh, with that, I would say thanks, guys. We're going to wrap up for the night. Uh, but if you do have questions for our next review, let us know. I think something on our tongues right now may be either Hidden Figures or we may end up doing Patriots Day. We're not sure. Uh, but I would say kind of definitely kind of keep an eye out. You know, if you have questions for us, feel free to email us up down in front podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at underscore DIFP. That's in front at underscore down in front podcast. We're also on Facebook. So we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash down in front podcast, uh, which is pretty cool. We're on Reddit. Don't really post as much there, but we have been kind of getting more and more kind of active of just talking about like side things and side projects. So I know I'll be for sure talking about this terrible movie I saw called The Bye Bye Man, but that's, not, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So I don't want to bore your time. Uh, and then lastly, we do have a, you know, a, a Patreon. So if you do want to go sign up, there's a couple other goals that we're trying to do, especially Jesse and mine. So it's pretty exciting for those goals. And that's patreon.com slash down in front. Uh, Brylon, thanks for coming, man. Where can I find more of your stuff? Uh, just as a side, like, I saw the trailer for the Bye Bye Man oh, in no. the theater. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. I, I saw that trailer and I laughed out loud. Oh. Like, everybody looked at me like I was crazy. But oh. I was like... This is the dumbest thing I've ever so, seen. So, I mean, and I'll, one quick tidbit, like, when watching trailer, when not watching trailers goes wrong, and it's like a key <laughs> example, I was like, shit, and I didn't choose the movie, my friend chose the movie, and she was completely terrified the entire time, so yeah. I was just sitting there drinking my wine, just dying laughing at her being scared. So. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, Trinity was in that movie, so that was fun. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, you can find me on Twitter... Praising Count Olaf and talking shit about Civil War at Bryland, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Um, I might have some projects myself coming up Ooh. this year. Ooh. We'll see. Shower beers at Bryland? Not shower beers. Nope, that's shower beers. I do not want to get water into my delicious beer. <laughs> I know. I, I, that will taint it. <laughs> I had some shower wine last week and it was phenomenal. Um, Mr. Shredder, how's it going? Uh, really fearing turtles right now. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> <laughs> where, where can we find uh, you? Yeah, you find me at uh, Mayanus Music uh, on most major platforms. I think uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Bandcamp. We have an EP up there. We got a couple songs for your viewing pleasure. That's not a thing. Uh, yeah, check us out. We'll be playing in the uh, northeast United States. Not to give two. It's Boston. We'll be playing in... Uh, we're from Boston. That's where this is based in. We made it like a year and a half without giving our exact location. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. But we're, we're Boston-based. Uh, my band will be playing in the Boston suburbs for a bunch of times. Cool. Check us out. Uh, Jesse, where can you find more of your work? Uh, nothing. I, this is it. This is all I've got. No, no Twitter handles. No uh, Snapgrams. You if, know. You do wanna, if you do want to reach out, it's Jesse is depressed at <laughs> QQ.com. <laughs> you know, I need like 50 numbers out of that. Oh, that's so sad. It's well, like, he's got 8675309. He, he does have a 163. It's uh, Jesse has nothing worthwhile going on. <laughs> Uh, it's so depressing. Well, so, lastly, I would say goodnight. You can find some more of my work at Friends with Blends. Uh, we have a Instagram, we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook. We view a lot of wines and judge a bunch of wines. So go check that out. And uh, we will see you next time. See Bye. Ya. Bye.